Welcome to Psychodrama Podcast. This is your co-host, Katie. This is your co-host, Leo. We're keeping it simple, apparently. We are. All right. It's been three weeks, a month since we last recorded. How have you been? It feels like it has been about a couple of decades. Yeah. Because the new cycle and everything just moves so fast. But overall, okay. I mean, just, uh, you know, a couple of scandals in the news and the uh, president has COVID. And I, know, I feel like I'm missing something else in there. The taxing? He's, yeah, the tax. So the taxing, his, his campaign manager uh, was arrested and, and Baker acted in Florida. Oh, that's right. Uh, there was something else in there. Oh, the first lady trashing Christmas. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's something else in there. And all debate, the stuff surrounding debate, that. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it has been, as usual, this year has been, has packed a decade in. And of course, we all are dealing with kind of personal stuff. So, but okay. Doing okay. Oh, so far, so good. How are you? Well, I am enjoying um, Cobra Kai, despite all that news. And I actually have <laughs> been thinking a lot about, I actually watched Cobra Kai. By the way, anyone listening to this, if you haven't seen Cobra Kai on Netflix yet. Please there will do. be lots of spoilers. Yeah, please do. And also, there will be spoilers in this episode because it'd be very well, the vague. The data says that. Yeah, the data suggests that even when you give spoilers, people are. are it actually doesn't ruin the surprise, where people don't do not enjoy the thing. People are just dramatic about it. Apparently, someone did a say. story or a study. Oh, yeah, yeah. there's a study. <laughs> yeah, there's a study in psychological science, and maybe we'll post it. Um, and how you know revealing the revealing the end of things and giving spoilers it actually doesn't ruin the the series or anything for people. Well then, since I am a science-minded person or try to be, <laughs> listen anyway because you'll still enjoy listen. the series even you'll if you know what's going to happen. So that that's very good to know. I I've been thinking about I watched it. I should be embarrassed to admit season one, season two within I think 48 hours. Um, Granted, I, I was like editing, um, I was yes. editing some work I had to do and it was, I could have something on in the background during that time. But I also think I was just so sucked in because it was, it was nice to be paying attention to something outside of all of Absolutely. the many scary things that are going on. And so I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and I'm happy we're going to talk about it today. One thing that I know we both wanted to mention before starting with Cobra Kai is, yeah. The sad news from last week that psychologist Dr. Scott Lilienfeld passed away, and he was a clinical psychologist who did a lot of important work that really impacted the field and impacted both of us, focused on things like science and pseudoscience, myths and psychology, psychopathy. harmful treatments. Yep, psychopathy. Psychopathy, and psychopathy too. It, Exactly. I mean, it's remarkable how much he did. And then he also was the lead author on a paper we discussed in, in a previous episode about the Goldwater rule and whether that applied to Trump, where we had um, Josh Miller on as a guest. And so I think, actually, I'll link to some of the papers that I that influenced my work and my teaching in the show notes. And mm -hmm. I also just, you know, feel, send my sympathy out to any of his friends, colleagues, or family, because I also, many people say he's just an incredibly kind person. Mm -hmm. I met him twice and that was certainly yeah. my impression. Same here. Yeah. I, his current students and all, you know, his former students and I, that's basically it. He is 
perhaps one of the most influential psychologists or contemporary psychologists. And it's hard to think about a, an area that he was not involved in and didn't leave a, a pretty deep mark. So his his departure is definitely too early. And uh, maybe at some point in the future, maybe if we do as an episode on kind of what psychology is undergoing. I, I think psychology is going some growing pains that we've alluded to before in our show regarding uh, yeah, you know, the, the role of the politicalization, if you want to put it that way, of psychology or whether psychology should take more of an activist role. And certainly he had thoughts in that area. So we, if you do anything in, 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 this, in the philosophy of science and psychology, maybe we can do a whole show kind of uh, in his honor. Because I know there's going to be a couple of scripts in his honor and that would be something we could do. I don't know. But yeah, yeah he I'd will really definitely like be missed uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's one of the one of the realities that we've been trying to. I, I will. I wanted to echo what you said that one of the things that has been nice about Cobra Kai is it has been a really nice escapism. You know, it it kind of just manages to, for those of us who are chi- children of the eighties, uh, um, it kind of takes us back in many ways. The mu- it's amazing to me like how they they do great job with the soundtrack and it you know it just sends you back. And for those of us who watched the Karate Kid growing up. Uh, it just kind of takes you back, and they do a really good job of just using a nostalgia to to get the this the story moving, while at the same time interweaving modern themes, and it's just great. It's been very I, it's been very nice. I agree. I actually was going to drive-ins because they had them over the summer, and I love going to movies, and that seemed like the safest way to go to the movies. And they showed Karate Kid, and I was surprised by how well it held up. I think it came out in '84. And I will double check that, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's the year it came out. Yeah, 1984. And I called my dad and to tell him that I really enjoyed it because I grew up doing judo with my dad and my sisters. And he said, well, guess what? They ha- now have a show with Johnny and Daniel in mm. like a current time that's on YouTube and it's going to be on Netflix. And I was so excited about that. <laughs> and then I went back and watched Friday Kid 2 and 3 before Cobra Kai wow, came out. Wow, you did a lot of prep work, I have to say. I, I've only done Cobra Kai once. Well, I, I didn't, <laughs> to be fair, I wasn't doing it as prep work for the podcast. I just was liked watching stuff from the 80s and then watching a new show that was both funny and had some cool themes so it was mostly um because i like tv <laughs> but and and i'm a bit you know i'm a i'm a fangirl i'm an enthusiast when i get into something i tend to get really into it so yeah That's i did great. i did all of that stuff you paced yourself through cobra kai which i, I was very impressed myself. with yeah <laughs> that's because i've been i've been trying to i i don't get too much into too many shows because i don't want to dedicate i feel like i'm cheating on the office if i do mm-hmm. uh and so <laughs> i just i try to remain faithful to the office by memorizing as much as i can of it while it's still in netflix and by the way netflix if you're listening to me the fact that you are getting rid of the office and norseman which mm-hmm. i was into for those of you who did not get a chance to see Norseman, please do. It is not coming back, and I'm very upset about it. But so, yeah, I was really kind of been very steadily. I've actually been pretty good about since I was younger to pace myself with things like candy and stuff like that. I would be really good about delaying gratification with just at least with those things. Um, and so I was really pacing myself, and it's also because it helped uh, with uh, 
the care for my 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 beloved girlfriend Teresa, who has been I don't think the, the listeners know, but she was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer back in uh, the beginning of the pandemic in uh, the end of February. So we've been dealing with that on top of everything else. So uh, we've managed to we've used this as, as this is a big part of our self care whenever we find a, a good series that we like. So in order to not just <laughs> plug, she do she would definitely binge. She does the same thing. She finds a show and just like. Woo, she went through Sheets Creek, uh, Sheets Creek very quickly. She went through the good place in no time. I'm with and, Teresa on this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, no, no, we are pacing ourselves on this one. So it was it was very nice. It, it has been very helpful in, in kind of just passing the time. And especially when we had fires. Oh, yeah, we had fires here in yeah. Oregon. Sir, I, I don't, I mean, the fact that you and Teresa could find any levity and humor amazes me with all that going on. Oh, my goodness. It's the only way to go about it. I have to say, mm-hmm. we, we are thinking about... Well, she's, I came up with the title, but she's thinking about writing a book about dealing with cancer. And the title is going to be, I don't know if I remember if I told you, but it was going to be called When Life Gives You Cancer, You Make Crab Salad. That's, that is a very good title. And I would read no, that. Nothing. Cancer, you know, no. cancer, cancer, the astrological sign is crab. Oh, crap. I thought this was going to be good. I no. thought you were going to be well, roll thing on the floor. The, the audio cut out during oh. that line. <laughs> But be, that word before sandwich, so I actually missed the punchline. Oh shit! <laughs> Let me repeat it. So when life when life gives you cancer, uh, you make crab salad. Okay, no sandwich, that's very salad. good. <laughs> that's that's very you're confused. good. When life gives you cancer, you make a sandwich. I'm like, no, yeah, that doesn't have quite as much of a punch, I guess. <laughs> I don't, I don't really get what you're getting at, but I trust your humor. <laughs> but on this sure, one. I guess we'll make a sandwich, I suppose. Yeah, I, I would read that for sure because, I mean, even as she's been writing about her experience, she just has a very good way of being honest and, and all of that. So I'll let her know. Yeah, so that's been great. So yeah, definitely, um, Cobra Kai has been an, an amazing escapism. And as, I, as I'm wondering, like, clearly, we're as the beginning of the pandemic was starting, so we were all gripped with Tiger King mania. Mm-hmm. And now we are now in that moment of depending about Cobra Kai. So what, what do you think makes Cobra Kai so so appealing and, and uh, yeah, appealing, I guess? Well, one of the things that I really enjoyed is there is a certain part of me that I think having grown up doing martial arts, mm-hmm. I can relate to a time in your life where things feel uncertain and kind of going back to some of the principles or connecting with some of those things. And growing up, judo was a lot more, I think, like Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. um, because it it very much has a principle of not being showy, only using it in defense and like all, all of these other aspects of it. But what I didn't expect, so I like that part and I was looking forward to that. What I didn't expect, though, is it's very funny and it's not like super predictable humor. Yeah. And I I was wondering what you thought about like some I have heard some people. And by that, I mean, read right on Twitter because <laughs> people I'm around these days um, saying that they didn't like like how Johnny uses some misogynistic language. He does repeatedly. Yes. And he also the comments he makes, right? Like he makes fun of Hawk's lip, the fact that he had like a cleft lip and 
um, surgery prepared and there are some gender things and stuff like that that happen. It honestly reminded me a little bit of like Michael Scott. He's not a Michael Scott character, but just like completely out of touch with that stuff. But to me, I don't know. Well, I should ask, what's your take first? And then I'll tell you how I square that in my mind. Yeah. Well, I, I will also say that what resonates with me, I will say that as as many as many children also in the 80s grew up, I also took martial arts and actually did karate do. Uh, mm-hmm. I was also a follower of the do, uh, as you were of judo. And for those of you who did not <laughs> are way. not into martial arts, the way exactly in Japanese do is the way. So I did take um, karate, uh, Shotokan karate as we call it, <laughs> when I was a kid for a few years. And I did Kodokan Judo, so as long as we're getting that specific, I just that's, thought I'd mention that. Oh, that, yeah, sorry, yeah, go ahead. We, we, oh, no, that's all. That. I just wanted to add that. You go ahead. <laughs> Which kind did you did you Kodokan Judo. There you go. Again, uh, I, I have to admit that the reason I started is for the reason that is alluded to in the show, and I have to imagine many kids do, is that I was not the most popular kids. I was kind of chubby, definitely asthmatic. I was just not having, and I, I wasn't bullied per se, but I was not particularly popular. And there were those moments in which you're like, you would, you would see either videos, and I do remember I saw a magazine. There was like a science magazine, but they would do, they did like the science of martial arts. And I was just fascinated with everything. And I was like, that's it, I'm signing up. And I started doing it for a few years. And um, I was very disappointed that I did not get to use it in as many fights as you <laughs> but I did learn more about to, to just, you know, it actually helped me just develop a better physical condition and that helped me with the asthma and the overweightness. So that helped. Did um, you feel like prepared if a fight were to come to you? It's so funny you ask that because they because I always started, I, I did learn that it's like you, you don't use it. That was a thing. It's like this is not about getting fights. This is not about kicking butt. This is about something else right and the one time i had I, w- I would always kind of just walk talk my way out of out of fights i was like i don't want to fight this is not you know i became you know like thinking of like i don't need to use it it'll be worse if i get in a fight the one time i did use martial art of any sort was in my dorm in my freshman year in which because this is what men do in dorms that are male, and i don't fight it was like a fight club that we used to have on friday nights or something every you night had a fight club Basically, basically, yeah. Every that. every so often, there there was a fight club that occurred in the dorm in the dorm, and so men, you know, men across the university would come to try their different martial arts skills, and I would not because I was like, dude, at that time I was like, I value my face. I don't want to get punched. Um, but some dude who was a wrestler decided that he was like, yeah, okay, and he was okay. He was a little bit bigger than me, and he just grabbed me like in a wrestling in a wrestling uh grip. Uh, Cold, and at that point I did not use karate, but instead I had you. I had read a book by a, a, a Buddhist monk who talked about how he would not use violence against other people. And and while he was in Tibet, uh, a Chinese guard soldier grabbed him by the by the neck, and he just dropped his his whole body's weight, and then the soldier fell. And he's like, you know, I didn't. I just let gravity do its thing. At that point, I did find my. I, I was like, you know what? I, at this point, I cannot kick my way out of this. So I'm just going to use. I'm going to drop my body weight, and then he fell on top of me basically, and then I got on top of him. And it twisted his neck. If you've seen Bloodsport, that scene when Jean-Claude Van Damme, had the, the last scene he has him on his and he's his back and just twisted the dude's neck. And he's like, say mate, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I did that to that dude. It was pretty satisfying, I have to say. But I did not use karate. I just used a, more of a mixed martial art, I guess. <laughs> but what was the question originally? Ah, yes. Why, <laughs> why does this resonate with me? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> 
no reason. I actually nope. last week um, read Kano's book about yeah. the philosophy of judo, and it's it, very similar to the things that you were saying, like as a way of physical education and personal discipline and having a code of interacting with others and things like that. I have never been in a physical fight other than with siblings, <laughs> but <laughs> they they knew judo too, so no advantage was given. <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> You showed no mercy to Lynn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, Lynn. <laughs> well, I actually, to tell you the truth, I think that my sisters usually probably beat me. You've met them. <laughs> but but anyway, I won't, won't go down that. But yeah, I think that's right, too. So there's a nostalgia of Karate Kid, but there's also just the nostalgia of a lot of people who did martial arts when they were younger and what that was like. And then they tie in, you kind of called it, it's like it's like Karate Kid, but then it's like 90210 teen drama, which I think is so true. <laughs> and so there's like... still that part that's like of those years where people are trying to fit in and there's bullying and um, relational aggression as our friend Yesenia brought up. Hi, Yesenia. You know, when they were talking about things, if she's listening, <laughs> well, she's not listening right now, but if she listens later when we put out this episode. But anyway, she brought up, you know, that's a whole part of it. There's like a mean girl streak in this season one and why the first girl decides to join karate in the, for yeah, Cobra Kai. To me, what also has been really uh, compelling is how well they have the complexity that they've added to the, the characters. Because if you think about the original Karate Kids, you, you know, you had Kreese and you had Johnny and other, and you just had Cobra Kai was, were the bad guys. You know, there's good guys, there's bad guys. And you got to know a lot about the good guys. Uh, development so you know you get you got to develop a lot of uh, mr miyagi and his past and uh his past in japan and how he came to where he is at in life and then how he mentors daniel you don't get to hear a lot more from johnny or crease and in, in their perspective whereas in cobra kai they really have developed their characters really well and you get to see this is something that i really like is that there's no black and white there's no um you know there's this gray area in which people are not necessarily everybody's either good or bad but rather everybody kind of has this capability of behaving well or badly and uh, whether they choose to or not is influenced by a lot of things, you know, how they see the world, um, where they want to be themselves, you know, where they want to be in the world, who has influenced them, who they're, where their peers. And I think Cobra Kai has done a great job of it with um, with Johnny and Kreese and, 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 and the dojo and how he's moving. Uh, I think that's the, the overarching theme. But you had some, you, you had a question regarding, oh, we started with the, whether the, the use of uh, kind of misogynistic language, what I thought about it. So I will say that, I will say that, that that, that I'll tie it in to answer your question, and then you can answer, you can answer that question that you asked. Is that I think it's it it brings complexity to the characters. It to me it would me it would not be as real. They would the characters would not feel as real. They would be more saccharine and more kind of Saturday Night Special, you know, like or Saturday Night, Saturday Night Special. That's a gun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. After school special. <laughs> After school special, right? Exactly. It's like. You know, oh no, saying drugs and very black and white and not not a lot of development. It's like, uh, you know, people do talk like that and they have complex views and things. And people, some people can be jerky in some areas, but also very caring in other ones. And Johnny definitely cares a great deal for Miguel after uh, Miguel went out of his way to kind of just get his uh, his his affection and they're helping each other out. 
and finding that balance. So I, I, I don't mind it. I think, uh, and it's probably one of the things that probably Johnny rails against is like, you know, kind of how politically correct can you get in this society? And that's a point where he complains about, you know, what is it like your peanut, al- peanut, <laughs> the peanut allergies and other made up, uh, you know, this is, which of course it's, you know, which I take as you say, it's, um, it's his character. So it just I, adds a little more like, realistic level to him, but he's more layered. And like you said, one of the things that I think is cool because I read like something about some behind the scenes Cobra Kai thing, of course, mm. this aforementioned fangirl thing. And one of the things they did at the beginning is they actual they used unused footage from the original Karate Kid to show oh, the cool. kick, the crane kick from from Johnny's perspective. And they were so excited when they found that because it's completely from Daniel's perspective. So mm. they were really intentional about that. And to some of the the continuity to get a little geeky about it. I remember that I think part of what makes it believable that Johnny has this kind of jerky side and this other side to him that wants to be better is just because of the end of Karate Kid. Like he's such a relentless bully. And then at the end, when, of course, when he's asked to sweep the leg famously, he has this look of terror like a little boy or something. And when Kreese tells him to do that, and then when he actually does it right, and then um, when Daniel wins, he tries to give him the trophy. And so I feel like that's consistent. And also like Daniel throughout Karate Kid tries to show off and stuff. And Miyagi's like just repeating correcting him and so like i think it's believable too that daniel's character still has that he he wants to be like miyagi but he is not quite there he has that side of him that's kind of like a bit of a show-off and so i think of johnny and and daniel as like shades of their coaches um you know they're not they're not as on the extreme ends of that type of thing but but i so all of that is to say i don't i didn't actually find that a Offensive because to me it was clearly it was just like a character decision this is how johnny would probably talk and to me the important thing is that like he changes his mind about things like he's oh yeah girls are in karate maybe part of it is because miguel's like she has money to pay you and you're gonna like right. your dojo is gonna close right. but he does seem to come around on some things and be open to being educated basically by miguel and, and being caring and and seems to actually want to change. And for me, like when you mentioned the hawk and how he made uh, fun of his hair lip, I, I, and then he basically it it had the effect that he wanted to have on hawk, which was to be like people are going to give you a hard time over this, so either you inure yourself to that, and as he said, you know, flip the script, and that is exactly what a hawk does. But then unfortunately, hawk just goes completely overboard, and he scares me the most about how mm. much his character has changed because yeah. he seemed to like the second he got any popularity like lose any of the sweetness he had right but but i agree like i personally would never coach like that ever but <laughs> but i agree that it's kind of consistent with his way of learning things and then the other thing they do with johnny which i should say um our friend joel sent us this great question about like why mm. is it easy to root for johnny when he's unlikable in so many ways they do also that interesting thing where they show like his childhood and how his stepfather was really cruel to him and that crease like the big theme of the father figures and that that was part of why he fell into karate the way he did you know i, I the way i keep thinking about it is a little bit of we've I mean, we've alluded to in, in previous shows but if we want to frame it in kind of developmental psychology um that literature of developmental psychology i think a lot about the authoritative parenting you know author, authoritarian versus authoritative 
versus um, what's the other one that is like you know completely just laissez-faire? Uh, the one that oh, is oh pa- passive. Not this. Yeah, is it passive? Yeah, or permissive? Permissive. That's permissive what parenting. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Permissive parenting, and. I, I do wonder a lot of, you know, how the authoritative parenting tends to be associated with the best best outcomes. And I think it's the show, the, one of the overarching themes is finding balance, right? So for Johnny to be, to have demands, to make demands and to really push their students beyond what they want to push themselves into. And uh, when I was um, doing a pilgrimage in Japan, uh, that was one of the themes. <laughs> when somebody, you would talk about... The, the the whole fan girly no girl fan girling no girl fanning no fan girling and fan girling fan girling would be yeah I, I think for those of us who I was probably very much of a, a kind of very a dorky kid and got it way into Japan you know it was a, a total dweeb before dweebs were a thing because this was before the internet um, and uh, I, I weren't kind of dweebs a thing like back in Breakfast Club in the 80s? Does oh, sorry, did like... I say dweeb? I meant to say weeb or weebo, which is like the term, kind of like oh, like an otaku actually is the, the actual term probably, but very into Japan uh, oh, culture from before you know there was mass media to push it. Uh, I was fascinated with it. This is you know back when. Right, you know, even before Rising Sun, when Japan was like a scary empire, you know, we were going to bring down the U.S., I was fascinated by it. Uh, but anyway, but I digress uh, <laughs> from my dough. And so, <laughs> and so to me, it really in developmental psychology is like, where, how do you push yourself? There, there are circumstances in life in which you really have to, ch- if you want to grow, if you want to uh, really see what you're made out of and what you can or cannot do, you, you have to be willing to push your, your own boundaries. The question for teachers and for uh, whether martial arts or for professors, right? We both have taught and I do struggle with this all the time, which is at what point do I want to challenge my student to be like, I know this is difficult. I know this is, you know, but but challenge yourself to be to go for it, you know, just because if you take it too easy on yourself, then you're also going to be just not resilient. And I think we talked a little bit with um, in our previous show a little bit about it, but I do I do talk about that. So I think is that maybe uh, Johnny just goes way overboard on being harsh the way Chris was with, with him. The only, the, the only way in which you're going to grow and is by developing a callus, basically becoming, literally becoming callous, uh, as opposed to perhaps Daniel, who may have coddled uh, his son a little too much. That Anthony is just with the bane of my existence. pancakes. <laughs> I do love that nod to Cool Summer, which I didn't that's get true. the first time I watched it. <laughs> that's why you have to watch this series four times I, yeah my sister has been sending me all sorts of like oh you know like little i'm like yeah i missed that wow that's well done yeah but yes bananarama crude summer well done <laughs> yeah you know i i think that i would always draw the line at at name calling mm-hmm. but i think that we can kind of see Absolutely. with daniel i think that he it's probably more to my liking frankly but the way that he trains him because miyagi was very tough with him he certainly pushed him i mean literally mm-hmm. like knocked him off balance from a boat once or whatever and so i think that daniel does push people but there's this underlying belief that he thinks they can do it kind of thing Whereas with Crease, this is something I'd be curious to know what you think. There seems like it's not for his students. It actually seems like it's for him, which I think ends up being like right. for Johnny and Daniel. It's like, is this, this isn't, doesn't seem about the students. This seems about your rivalry now. 
why do you think Chris cares so much about winning to the point of cheating and like all the stuff that he like comes back for high school karate? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I think that is it's just about you know there are people in the world for whom winning and being right and being vindictive is just part of who they are, right? It's like you can't, you don't accept uh, defeat and that can be a really a double-edged sword. In many, in many ways, it can make you continue going when there's adversity. But at some point, if you're starting to be stepping on others and trying to, despite, you know, against all, you know, against all codes of, you know, morality or anything to just maintain that, to win, I don't know, that's, uh, but it's just the reality. There are some people who are like that and just, that happens to be Kreese. And at, you know, in his, at his best, in the adaptive aspects of those things about Kreese, he helped Johnny get through a lot of his childhood. But then when he continues down into that kind of maladaptive uh, spectrum, he actually threw Johnny over the end. And then it cost himself a lot of problems, right? It also, he actually ended up homeless as well. So there's, I, mm-hmm. I really like that, uh, that they do show that this can have very negative consequences. You know, there are people who are, you know, um, in real life, I mean, currently we might, you know, people, we can see people all around and there has been history, people who do stuff for greed uh, and push themselves and others and step over other people in order to achieve their own, their own goals. So, again, it's just part of that. I think what makes the, the, the series good is that it's very reflective of actual reality. Yeah. And then they get the lifetime ban of Cobra Kai and which Johnny has to appeal, which I found oh, that yeah. scene <laughs> so that. interesting because he... <laughs> Miguel's basically the like name of a, for a dojo. <laughs> and he's basically like Miguel is coaching him on being effective, like cut, not cutting off his nose to spider face or whatever Michael Scott says, <laughs> because spider he's face. like, I'm going to just go in there and like basically whatever. Miguel's like, you can't do that, though. Then we're not going to be able to do it. And so you see him. It's kind of like the same moment he has after Carmen says sometimes be the bigger man and Daniel comes in and he chooses not to fight him. It's like you see that he's deviating from the crease way of doing things and trying to make a difference. What do you think makes Johnny want to do things differently? I mean, he wasn't involved at all in his son's life. His son was in the care of someone with a serious alcohol use problem. Well, he has an alcohol use problem as well. What do you what do you think changed that that made him want to like do something different? Yeah, and I'll I'll go back to that's how he always was. He was always kind of a, a sensitive kid that always wanted, and then he just got hardened. And we see those, and as you mentioned, whenever Chris told him to sweep the leg back when they were teenagers, he had that moment. He was like, "What? Like that's that's unethical. Like, I should not be doing that." So he that side of Johnny has always been there. But life has been, you know, for multiple reasons, both self-inflicted and and luck, just completely. Uh, he well, he's he's dealt with the, with stressors in a much more maladaptive way but that side has always been in there for him and i think to me the show is and i know i'm, I'm, I'm mixing my martial arts uh metaphors here and I was <laughs> as just, you as, did in that fight <laughs> back in college <laughs> as i did <laughs> that's right um but and, you know it's a very yin and yang like you know it's just, just the balance that we all have we have the capability of that and i think all of the characters in some way are so miguel in some way compliments johnny in some ways like just johnny gives complimentary things to miguel uh, miguel's mom compliments johnny in some way daniel and johnny definitely compliment each other mm-hmm. their spouses and so daniel's uh wife 
and I can't remember her name in the series actually. Daniel's wife, Mrs. LaRusso. Mrs. LaRusso, that's kind of, <laughs> the one that kind of balances him back and kind of brings him back to reality. I'm like, look, you are throwing a lot of things around for you could just easily walk away and let this go, but you're getting caught up in a in a in a high school rivalry that is ridiculous. And everybody is trying to find balance, which is ultimately what Mr. Miyagi always told Daniel that that we should he should be striving for. So I think that how that's, that has always been a part of Johnny and is just trying to get back into that balance uh, through other people. And when he recognizes on other people like Miguel, then he it's easier for him to to express that part of himself when he's in the right environment, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. And he kind of loses his job. Well, he does lose his job because he's rude. And then... <laughs> 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 he says he didn't call her a bitch. He said she was bitching at him. <laughs> she later returns on a date for them. And so then, like, there's something about, like, for him, Miguel believing in him, whereas Robbie has lost faith in him, that oh. motivates him to oh, want, oh, you. you know, for his own ego almost. I'm not saying there isn't a part of it. I think he genuinely cares about Miguel, but also to, like, prove that he's not this bad person. Robbie, too. I mean, that's it. So Robbie kind of brings. Daniel and Daniel is kind of helping Robbie also move away from that hard edge that he was developing yeah. or that kind of hardcore that he was developing. And now it's to be seen, you know, how does Robbie, because Robbie's going to be unmoored after mm-hmm. he, you know, spoiler alert, uh, after Robbie's like, <laughs> despite gonna, what the science says on it, we're still, right. we don't want to anger internet people. That's right. That's right. I will, I will I'll play both sides, maybe. I will <laughs> sit on that fence like nobody's business. Hell, I'll sleep <laughs> up it. The trick is to just. <laughs> put the fence post on your mouth <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's uh it, it's you know it's unlikely that robbie will be living with the LaRusso's anymore now that um after that fight uh and he'll likely have to be taken in by johnny and then johnny will have to learn to reparent uh and hopefully bring that balance that you know whatever he learned with miguel and it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh daniel uh, how he comes back from from where he's at because he essentially ended up having his own daughter in a, in a in a huge and again I'm sorry I'm mixing the the, the mixed mar- the martial arts metaphors but you know there's a whole lot of kung fu fighting I know it's not kung fu karate <laughs> do not send me letters I understand that I'm just <laughs> I just want to make the reference for this song from the 70s because it's hilarious <laughs> so well everyone, well, everyone was was fighting in that in the end of season two for sure i actually felt terrible for robbie because even though he very badly hurt miguel i mean i feel terrible for miguel too but like it seemed like robbie was finally getting some footing like his dad made an effort he tried to find him a trapper keeper <laughs> but there weren't any yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know his dad was trying and he he only calls johnny dad a couple of times and it kind of stands out and his mom is going into recovery and then it seems like things are going pretty well through karate and with sam and then like i don't think he intentionally meant to hurt miguel that bad i don't think in real life someone would survive that kind of fall at all well you know that's the thing i think that's an important that's the the after school special part of it is like remember kids you may you may think you may not want to do this much harm but you just never know how this is going to end Uh, and that's kind of the, the thing and that's the other thing Robbie yeah he was making progress but he also had his things that he had to work over so I don't know I, it, it's uh it's interesting everybody needs to to find their their footing and the only one that seems to have it together is Moon that's all I know yes she really does you texted me about a line you really liked from her let's talk about that I thought that was such a great point 
Yeah, so Moon very quickly recognizes that Hawk is turning. Like she, and she tells him, like, look, I like, these are the aspects of you that I like, but you are turning into a jerk, and I, I Moon, cannot be hindered mm -hmm. by that negative juju. So off she goes, and then he has a chance to be like, okay, I need to survive, but he continues down that path. But Moon, at some point, uh, when she's talking to Sam about um, Robbie, I think, you know, to pursue, basically, and she said that her mom always says something along the lines of, you should always listen to your heart. And the way she said it was so earnest. And um, oftentimes when you see uh, when you see psychotherapy mentioned in in series, it's either some of uh, it's used as a device either to say, oh, this person is so annoying or crazy. Like, oh, you know, my crazy mother in therapy or mm -hmm. uh, to make to a punchline. Like, oh, this crazy person. But the way she delivered the line was delivered. Uh, and it's part of what makes uh, Cobra Kai so good as a show is that it, it really does a good, I think, a good job of balancing um, things that are long, no longer as a, as a punching, you know, like psychotherapy, as a, as, a, as a laughing as laughing stock or a punchline. Yeah, it kind of normalizes it. And normalizes mm -hmm. it. And it is like, yeah, you know, these are the things that people do and you can get wisdom from it. And I thought it was great. It was a great line. That I was like, huh, that was super cool, super refreshing. And of course, now Moon always tries to be like the center of like, Come on, we can we can be mature about this. Yeah, we have the you, know, you guys were rivals at, at the Old Valley Karate uh, Championship, but surely we can engage in binge drinking in my house, unsupervised, <laughs> being friends. But alas. as friends, <laughs> how do you feel about Stingray? <laughs> oh God, Stingray! <laughs> I like how he lies in wait when they do the. Coyote Creek Challenge or whatever, the and then he gets Creek Miguel. Challenge, yeah. He's quite proud. I I think Stingray is uh, well, he's obviously a comic relief. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about Stingray? I know somebody that we know that I think should totally cosplay as Stingray. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> um, I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> okay, you can tell me after. I'll put and... it on the chat. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. One thing that I liked about him is when he's at that party at Moon's house, did you notice that he was um, couldn't get out the door because he had 40s? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 40s. That's right. The 40s type to his hand. Which may or may not have reminded me of a I party that we both attended at graduate school. I heard that that was something that occurred frequently at parties that we attended in grad school. <laughs> and may, what did may they call have it? Edward, Edward 40 hands. 40 hands. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people still do that, but I don't know. But it's something that I heard it happened. Yeah, you know, I, I think it, it honestly we, we can also frame it in a in a psychology in a psychology perspective is that when we think about uh, adolescents who are at risk, you know, you know the how does Dan, Daniel Dan Savage calls it as uh, the tech savvy at risk youth, um, but essentially teens who are at risk for substance use disorders tend to hang out with older uh, older adolescents that end up getting in trouble. So although in this case, it seems like it's just a very uh, nerdy, maladapted old elder person that, that fits better with uh, adolescents, which is also perhaps the ones that end up getting the adolescents in trouble. So I'm going to I'm going to put him in that category. I'm going to say that's what Stingray is about, both comic relief of the kind of losery 20 something year old guy. I'm thinking that he's cool. Yeah, yeah, like his girlfriend seems surprised when he <laughs> arrived at the party. And he's like, 
It's cool. Their her parents aren't home. Her parents aren't home. I also like the little like California nod to the way she's like, and we have vegan pigs in a blanket or something like that. <laughs> or maybe it's just more her of a hippie type and thing. Girlfriend. That was her thing. Like, you know, that's something I would have never flown, right? Like, think about how much things have changed. Johnny's like, you know, in many ways, it's almost like a the, kind of this Rib Van Winkle. That's right, kids. I, I just threw a, a <laughs> Rip Van Winkle uh, uh, kind of illusion in our in our show. <laughs> he essentially just wakes up 30 years later, and the world has changed around him, and he's like, "What the hell has happened?" Uh, and uh, you know, first off, you know, social media and things like that. But also, Moon um, goes from dating uh, Hawk to dating a young lady. I don't think they said her name because because Hawk was about to go, and then they kiss. And I thought about it like, damn, we have really progressed in this area in the past years because that's something that was just like not even alluded to. It would have been a huge issue in the amount of progress there's been in that area. So I thought that was interesting, especially with adolescence. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I were, like it was a big deal with Buffy like in the 90s that because um, Willow had the character Willow had a girlfriend and um, that was seen as like ahead of its time. I remember when the Roseanne show, not that this was right. the only controversy surrounding Roseanne and it was who was on Denmark. there, but yeah, exactly. And there was some kiss. You're right now. It's kind of like my, the person that the unattractive, attractive person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. That's why I connect her with you so often. That conversation. That's right. <laughs> um, that's right. So I, yeah, and it was like it's like a big deal, or it was seen as a big deal. I don't think that that has even been mentioned at all in the yeah. many things covering Nobody COVID. Bats and I. I mean, they would, if this would make cover, you know, probably the cover of Newsweek, and now it's just like, okay, yeah, sucks for you, Hawk. Yeah, exactly. Eli gets kind of mean towards him too when he starts doing that whole toast, but. Um, Dimitri. Dimitri. Does. That's right. Eli is Hawk. Eli is Hawk. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I, again, that's kind of a little bit of his come up, come up in, but uh, but yeah, I, that's the the deal. Everybody kind of loses their way, loses their growing and changing in ways that uh, are they're moving them away who they are and to who they eventually will be, right? And we'll see if Hawk. I would imagine, you know, in 30 years, whenever there's a, a follow up to this series. I imagine Hawk would be more along Kreese's side. I don't, who knows? I don't know. He certainly is towards the end of that. Um, one thing that you had uh, mentioned talking about, too, is that there might be a parallel between Trump and Biden and Johnny and Daniel. You mind say more about yeah. that? Yeah, I just thought about it. Uh, and because of the way, you know, the complexities of everything in our time, I would say that if I had to if I had to wager, I think that the attitudes and beliefs that are that Johnny reflects would probably fit more with a person who would be more supportive of President Trump, whereas Daniel would be perhaps more of a supporter with Biden. And I think it reflects that's part of what this series is interesting it's reflective of the larger if you want to put it the culture the cultural moment you know i don't want to use the word, the word cultural wars but mm-hmm. it is like you know the the i think johnny would say you know what what's with all this pc crap is what mm-hmm. he would say uh whereas miguel is even like being bringing him in, into the future he's like okay well listen that's not how we do things anymore uh and on the other side would be perhaps daniel who in many ways, he's gotten very famous, very successful, uh, but remains very much tied to his um, working, you know, his working class roots, 
much very much yeah. like Biden does. I, I think that's true, because, I mean, they even open the first episode when Johnny meets Miguel. He makes a comment about immigrants, which right. Chris later exactly. echoes basically again. And you can see that, again, you see some changes or growth with Johnny. Although what I like is that they don't do this total 180, because when he and Daniel, right. I like the scenes where they're actually talking and getting along i actually think that that's cool when they're later eating at that restaurant together mm-hmm. and he's like no we didn't we didn't trash me huggy dough and he's like but what about our what was it their demo at whatever fair he's like <laughs> johnny like no that was all me oh, like, he's was, super proud of that. so yeah there is a part of it that like like kind of exerting power and and looking better and also like you said there are some other attitudes in there that you can kind of see that Although I, he does seem affected, like you said, that there's a sensitive part about yeah. him, too. But he, well, and also he plays with the, like, we're not going to do the no mercy thing. And actually, I think one of the, a really touching episode is when the guys from Cobra Kai come back and they're concerned that Johnny is involved with Greece and that he restarted Cobra right. Kai. Like, they look oh, seriously like, how could you do that after the trauma that you had where he nearly... Yeah. Everybody deserves a second chance. That means you know that that's that's a that's a very caring thing to say, very restorative justice or something. I don't know. But but I wondered is that Johnny also talking to himself because he like he wants his son to give him a second chance. I don't know. Right. That was the way I yeah, did. that's I what I, I like it. Oh, that's deep. You got to watch it 10, 25, <laughs> 30, 40 times. It really gets the mind going. <laughs> um. <The> connections. <laughs> no, I think it's good. Oh, and the one, uh, this episode we've been all over the place, but yeah. to bring it back to the point regarding substance use disorders, it talks about maladaptive, you know, Johnny's, he basically has a, an alcohol use disorder, you know, a mild case, but still Still, that is maladaptive and it does remind me of kind of the um when you think about the data of uh people who tend to have higher rates of substance use disorders they tend to have more impulsivity uh more problems regulating anger uh, and certainly more anxiety and more more prone to negative emotion than other people so it's perhaps not surprising that johnny would have developed a substance use problem and then whenever he's doing okay he's drinking goes down but then when mm-hmm. things go you know go south again he kind of relies back on on alcohol to cope with this negative emotion. Uh, I, I think that's that's right. I mean, they and I mean, he's there are scenes where he's like driving drunk to where I think I guess where the All Valley right. was and just where there are bottles all over the place, even at the dojo and stuff like that. Right. It's funny because I thought Daniel at the beginning, they painted him as like just perfect in every way and in a way that I think helped to sympathize with Johnny because he seemed super annoying. But then like as the show progressed, it's like, OK, no, they're going to show that Daniel is not perfect, that he messes up, too. I love his relationship with Sam, though. Their father got mm-hmm. a relationship i would, think is would the best pair would you talk about your relate if you don't mind uh doing a not too self huge self-revelatory uh in 500 essay or less words <laughs> the relationship between sam and daniel and your and your dad's because i think your relationship with your dad is awesome oh thank you yeah i i am very lucky to have a good relationship with my dad i know that not everyone has that and uh that's a big theme in the show and i felt really grateful but i it did strike me well after you said this too 
minutes ago, not even like 30 <laughs> seconds ago. Yeah, you're right. I, I do think some of the ways that Daniel interacts with Sam, I could see is similar to my dad. My dad was definitely not overprotective of us in most ways. Like he wouldn't have chaperoned the dance or whatever he <laughs> Daniel did with Sam. Like he wouldn't have done that. But when there was an issue, what, what stood out to me is that Daniel would apologize and he tried to make mm. things right. And he didn't, his first response was not always the best response. And he's not a perfect person as parents are. I mean, when he goes, like when he's scared about her drinking, goes over to, to Johnny's place and kind of freaks out all this stuff. But then he tries to make things right. And she's comfortable talking to him about things. And it also her, he listens to her. And I, I do think that is similar to re- my relationship with my dad, where we, I felt even as a teenager that I could talk to him about things and that he would actually listen to me and not just try to pull like, because I'm the adult, I'm 100% right or anything like that. I felt like he he would step in when I needed some guidance because I was a teenager and didn't have the best judgment about things as teenagers <laughs> do and need their parents guidance, to step true. in at times. But at the same time, I think he did try to do it in a way that he would look from my perspective as well. And the other thing that is I think that sometimes parents, whether they're angry or anxious or whatever it is, or they didn't have it modeled for them, don't always praise the strengths they see in their kids. And I definitely feel like I had that experience with both of my parents. And I think that Daniel definitely does that. Like you see that in his coaching, but also with Sam. And I think that that it's nice to see that, you know, again, at the end, it's a pretty, pretty dark ending. And it's seems he's gone too far and his wife's very concerned about that but before that even as he makes mistakes he tries to make things right which i think is an important thing to show an adult doing did your dad get you into judo what what's what's your oh, yeah. story yeah that i definitely did think about my dad my dad did judo when he was a child and then i started probably watching him on the side of the mat when i was two or three and then started when I was five as soon as I was able to. And then we went through most of my childhood until I went to college and we competed almost every month and all this stuff. And so that was important. And talking to him about Karate Kid, that is part of the nostalgia for me is that seeing like that Sam was trained by her dad and then gets back into judo has definitely, that's a connection that I have with my dad. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, that's a, that's, a, that's an amazing parallel that I thought about uh, about you and and in the series so i thought maybe that's why it resonates only man this is a lot like you and your dad which is pretty cool and it goes back to if we want to tie it back to psychology how the data indicates that um uh, adolescent girls who have fathers who are authoritative and involved you know kind of have the warm but firm relationship with the dad tend to have uh, better outcomes in life than than uh, than girls who have uh, dads that are absent or punitive or um either permissive and definitely authoritarian. Yeah, so I appreciate you bringing that up. Is there anything else that we... I'm looking at our our fun-filled list of things, and I think think we hit the main ones. I mean, I think... All over it. (laughs) I mean, I think the main thing, like, it's funny, it's got some drama, and it's nostalgic, and I definitely... Psychology in there for you. Yeah, exactly. We threw some psychology to... (laughs) justify including it in this podcast i mean i don't think it's like uh i don't think you have to be a psychologist to see the psychology aspects of the show but it's definitely i i think it's believable anyway that's what i'll say most of it not all of it 
<laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think all of it is very relatable, except the fight for at the end just the went fight. on so long. <laughs> so you, long. And I, you and I talked about this how we went to high schools in different parts of the country, in which you know just the smell of a fight would have resulted in security guards deploying oh, from the ceiling. Totally. <laughs> but other than that, no, I, I think it's been very good, and it's uh, like you said, it's it's it really uh, it it captures a lot of the the things that were really good about those 80s, you know, pretty. What was it? Who was the director of Pretty in Pink and all of those movies that did a really good job of capturing American teenage you? angst? Yes. Hughes, that's right. So he's got a lot of that that feel to it, and then it also manages to capture a lot of uh, our current moment, our current zeitgeist, and cultural debates, if you want to put it that way. So I think I it's great. I thought it was cute that they had 80s night at the skating rink. I too. know. We didn't uh, talk about weird. Tori at all. What do you think the deal with Tori is? Tori, uh, that's a good point. I I think she's an. I would say if we were to look into her, she would be the at risk youth um, girl who probably you know she thrives. In, in kicking other people's butt. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know. She'll, she obviously has a, a sweet, uh, soft spot for Miguel. But, you know, they haven't, her character has not been developed as much. So I, I look forward to seeing more of uh, Tori's background. Maybe I'm, if I had to guess, I would be, it would be probably perhaps she would be a, a parallel between her and Robbie. Mm-hmm. And oh well, there you go. That's what we can end up with. What are your What are your predictions for season three? Robbie oh. and Tori hook up, and Miguel and and Sam go back together. I don't know. I I think that I mean Miguel and Sam seem to still have feelings for each other for sure, but I don't know that Robbie has any feelings for Tori. Although he might change. They fight. If Once they fight, and then you know, they will fight each other, and they will, at some point they will look at look <laughs> at each other's eye, and there will be some sort of a grip. So <laughs> one of them will end up on top of the other, and next thing you know, bam some kind of foreigner song or Chicago or something. <laughs> I did. I felt bad for Tori when she saw Sam and Miguel kiss because she knew that it's Miguel sad. still had feelings for Sam from the beginning. I think she, her reaction may have been out of proportion, <laughs> but I mean, it was, that was the other thing about the fight. It's like they kept, like, people try to get them to stop fighting and she just kept on, like, just, like, even Sam, I think, wanted to stop fighting. But it does seem like the thing that I think also makes one sympathetic to Tori is she she also seems to have a thing against Sam from just being having more privilege in her life I guess and feeling like that's unfair but my predictions I don't I don't know I honestly don't know I think that I read somewhere that Daniel is going to go to Okinawa to kind of like restore some kind of balance or reconnect with Miyagi and that there's going to be some kind of surprise there. I hate to think of them shutting down their karate dojos, but I understand that after what happened. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, What do you think? I'm going to guess that Robbie goes back with Johnny and that there's going to be, you know, that tension between them as they, you know, at some point there was going to be some denouement scene in which the Johnny's gonna be like you've never wear there for me. I mean Robbie's gonna be you never there for me he's like I know I wasn't there in person but it was always in your heart and you know there'll be some kind of tension and then something they will have some sort of a challenge in which the, that brings them together will they switch dojos right that's what, I'm that what you're thinking I, it's what I'm thinking I'm thinking there's gonna be Again, in the yin and yang, if you think about the yin and yang symbol, like there's this, the black and white kind of intertwining and the, each dot 
is black and white. So I think there's going to be a switch of dojos. And obviously, there's going to be um, a valley, an all valley mm-hmm. uh, tournament. And I'm going to guess um, Miyagi Do and Cobra Kai senseis are going to be uh, battling each other again during the tournament, during which at some point somebody's going to have to show mercy, right? That's the point. That's the whole point is that both Tori and Robbie, and I will throw that in, and there's that. Both Tori and Robbie did not show, you know, they don't stop. And he didn't. Whenever Miguel was like, sorry, apologize to him, mm-hmm. then Robbie just continued and impulsively kicked him over the, the fence. That's what it'll, 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 the conclusion will be that everybody knows that it's like, look, it's not worth continuing to fight. At some point, you have to be able to stop. It's not just about, you know, finishing the fight, but like stop it before you need to finish it, I guess. Yeah, so I'm going to say. Priest took over Cobra yeah. Kai. So like, you right. know, that's going to go. So maybe there's going to be, a, yeah, or maybe there's going to be Johnny and Daniel join forces together against the old Cobra Kai in order to put cool. that in. And it'll be a, a Cobra Miyagi-Do kind of thing. I can't be a new, a new, a new beginning that comes through. But yeah, but uh, uh, Robbie and Tori are hooking up there. I said it. That's my prediction. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, the thing, and they even like kind of make a cute side comment and joke about this, that it's like <laughs> they have to keep. Daniel and Johnny, they can't stay friends, even though they have these moments. Oh, the right. other big teaser at the end of season two was about Allie possibly coming oh, back. Oh, right. Oh, my gosh. Elizabeth Shue may be coming in. Can you? Is there going to be a cameo with Elizabeth Shue? Because she played Allie when she was younger. She did. That would be cool. I actually think she, I thought that was a great character that really held up, too. Like yeah. that. Allie, Allie was a really cool character. I mean, she. I think she could have been written in 2020 and totally made sense. Yeah. And want to know how you know what made her dump Daniel and all that, but no, I mean there's a lot of there's Didn't a lot. Did she meet like a, a football there. player? <laughs> <laughs> I don't there's know. There's probably more to it, but that was the other thing that Johnny reveals with his other Cobra Kai pals that he's never been like as open and vulnerable since Allie or whatever. So maybe there's still some love on the horizon. Although things looked good with Miguel's mom, but then unfortunately, understandably, she didn't want to see him anymore. Team Miguel's mom, I have to say. Yeah, she's very mad at him. So I think, oh, oh, grandma, Miguel's grandma, who is awesome. Is Yaya? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think she is going to, she's going to once again be like, come on, it was good for him. It was his choice. It's not Johnny's fault. And maybe that's another thing. It's like we all make choices. Mm-hmm. We cannot just blame other people for our own actions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see. And, I only have, they, yeah, and they're we'll going to be filming a season four. So are you serious? Oh, wow. Revisit. Oh, yeah. They have, they have the green light. Season three will be out in January. And then season four, they're going to start making or they have started making well, I hope it's in youtube because in common january netflix is dead to me oh it's gonna be all on netflix unless they oh really unless they, yeah. well, <laughs> unless they bring back norseman all right i understand that <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think we covered it all and and more <laughs> it, and yeah we really kind of just threw everything but the kitchen sink in there we did thank you to joel and yesenia for submitting your topic ideas thank mm-hmm. you to everyone who rate and reviewed us on itunes that helps other people find our shows i think we're up yeah. to 16 ratings so thank you so much for Big shout everyone. out to our listener in new zealand there is one person there as i've seen there's one down there there's where we have another listener and there's somewhere else but big shout out to those listeners in the nations where we have one listener we're very excited and curious about who you are mm-hmm. i guess <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what else to say and let's all hope for everyone's sake that this week goes yeah. well 
Jeez, that we'll see what this week brings for all of us. So yeah, stay safe, everybody. <laughs>